Live from the Journeys Group Studio, this is Taking Care of Business. Good day, this is George Pate. This is Tommy Pate. Taking Care of Business. Today is the what, in the second week of April, is that right? Today is uh, Income Tax Week Day. That's why I'm in such a bad mood. Because I hit you just before the show started. Well, yeah, also because you frogged my arm right before we started. Um, boy, it's a good thing we don't have cameras on, <laughs> running on us. Well, this, uh, he was being obnoxious, and as his father, I had to discipline him. <laughs> By punching me in the arm? Well, I couldn't reach your face. <laughs> Well, you would have broken your hand on that, too. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, do we have anything to rant and rave about today? Just income taxes, I guess. And I don't really want to talk about that. No, you know, I, we meant to bring this up last week. We were talking about the the, the national championship. Um, I, I was reading an article. I, th- I think it was last week about the, the whole Disney situation. Um, and I don't think with this with this don't say gay bill i don't think a single person has actually read this bill and knows what's in it anybody that would be offended by that bill probably can't read well it it just the people that are offended by that bill concern me um because why would you want to teach third graders or younger about those topics the people, th- those people just concern me because that is, that's, that's borderline predator, um, behavior. Um, I'm, I'm upset because you're not woke. I don't care. <laughs> uh, then, um, I, I am, if, if people are woke, I'm in a coma. <laughs> uh, um, no, but it was the, the article I was reading, there was, there's some, there's some guy running for Congress. Uh, I think it's in Florida that is a Disney employee. And, um, I did not know this. This is really interesting that, Apparently, the majority of of Disney employees are against or are for they they don't see a problem with the bill. Um, there was a, um, uh, a an internal memo or something that got leaked that said we don't really care. And interestingly enough, it was a number of of LGBTQ employees that basically said this doesn't discriminate against us. So why should we care? I mean, we're fine with it. And um, I think you were telling me right before we started, one of their largest shareholders has reached, has, has reached out to them and said, cut it out, get back to making money that this is, you are, that you were never well, meant to be a political not, icon. Yeah. You're not supposed to be, I mean, your job is to make money for your shareholders. Okay. <laughs> That's just the way it is. And you're, you're free to have your opinions, but you're not free to enforce your opinions on the state of Florida or anywhere else. And quite frankly, I don't care about your opinion. I go to Disney World to have a good time. Yeah. Not to hear your opinions. Not if I want to hear your opinions, I'll turn into CNN or some other garbage show like that. Yeah. But um, anyway, it was just it was really interesting that it, it, it seems like the silent majority has is it's not silent. Anymore. Well, it's not so silent. It's, it, it seems like that the silent majority has been um, they pushed the wrong button and people are finally saying enough. Um, now I don't know if that's encouraging, um, or if I'm being a bit too optimistic and naive to be encouraged by that. But, um, I guess that wasn't much of a rant and rave, just more of a open discussion, which is pretty good for us. That was more of a rant and rave. Well, I didn't yell or get angry or anything. An open discussion would imply there was somebody here that disagreed with your perspective and no one does. 
Well, no, I'm sure there's plenty of people that do, but the kind of conversation they're not listening to this show. Well, but and and, and, the, and the, that's very true. And the kind of conversation we would have would not be an open discussion because uh, they would probably just be yelling at me, calling me a bigot, a homophobe, whatever phobe. Uh, anyway, um, anyway, we'll move on from that. Uh, my name is George Pate. I am a financial advisor with the Journeys Group. My name is Tommy Pate. I'm a certified financial planner with the Journeys Group. We are an independent registered investment advisory firm in Aden. Our phone number is two. 252-746-6785. Again, that's 252-746-6785. Or you can find us on the web at www.thejourneysgroup.com. Again, www.thejourneysgroup.com. Our website has a variety of financial articles that we are rotating on it. I'm sure it has a really great, fun income tax article up there right now. Uh, it has our contact information as well as our physical location. Uh, it's got a place if you want to. We don't write those articles? Of course we do. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, it has our um, contact information, physical location. It has a place if you want to request an appointment or if you just have a question, you can uh, fill out your – put your information down there, fire over a question or a appointment request, and we will certainly be in touch. Um, it has uh, links to our Facebook and our YouTube channel. Um, got some great stuff on Facebook and YouTube lately. We had our, our most recent video um, on YouTube uh, posted at the end of the month, uh, at the end of March, that is, um, kind of describing our process, sort of a Q&A video about our, our process called, I think it's, We'll Take You on Your Retirement Journey. Encourage you all to check that out and subscribe. Um, also have our monthly newsletter posted on Facebook, just kind of what's going on with us. Um, and last but not least, it has the radio show taking care of business archived so if you miss a show and want to catch up that's the place to listen to it for now we are i think about one week away from moving to a podcast platform so what does that mean if you want to go back and listen to old shows instead of it being housed on the site um there will be a link that will take you to like a a, a launch page that has uh, what wherever you listen to podcasts spotify apple Podcasts, google whatever that that is so just a, a more efficient way to do it um and I think we have taken care of everything. Is there anything else I'm missing? No, I think you'd handle that very well, except for your initial opening diatribe against the mouse. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today? We're talking about, uh, again, I've been in practice 38 years. George has been here four years. So we're going to talk about probably the most common questions that we get from clients. Yep, FAQs. Uh, and the first one is not Tom. How do you get so that gum good looking? looking. That, that question has never come up. <laughs> <laughs> but the 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 top question that I that I have on my list, uh, and and feel free to to jump in, is what are our fees or how do we get paid? Um, that is that's one of, if probably not the most common question we get, and our answer is not nearly enough. I mean, we are so underpaid; it's not even funny. We welcome you know people uh, wanting to increase our fee, and and uh, to the shock of absolutely nobody, no one's ever taken us up on that offer. So, how is it that we get paid? Um, depending on the, I don't want to say, depending on the investment that we're that we're. Um, recommending to you if we're in, if we're recommending a um, an annuity or an insurance product, uh, you don't pay a fee to us. The company pays that out of their pocket. Where our fee comes into play is any market investment. Um, the total our, our total fee for any stock market investments that we're that we're handling is one point one five percent a year. Um, we've talked a lot about fees. Uh, you're probably if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you're probably sick of hearing us talk about it. Um, 
but it's so important to be to us. It's, it's so important to be open and transparent about those fees, because fees are what make or break an investment. Uh, to me, they're the key to uh, a successful investment. Because if you're overpaying fees, your returns are going to be less, and, and that's that's just the that's the long and the short of it. Why would you pay somebody two and a half, three percent when you could pay one point one five and get the same thing, um, and actually better because your returns are higher? So that's um, that's how we get paid. That that's our fee. That's that's probably the top one of one of if not the top question we get. Well, and people ask us too. I just want to add to this that um, you know, if I do trades, do you charge for that? No. No. If I take money out, if I call you, do you charge for that? No. no. Do you, if I email you, do you charge for that? No. Do you have a me? Whatever we do for you is one point one five percent. That's I mean that's that's inclusive of everything. And people are blown away by that. I mean, they just they can't believe that. But that's just I mean, that's it. That's that 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 one point one five percent you're pay you're paying that to have total access to us. I mean, that's just that's just the way we think it ought to be. So fees. Um the next one we get we get we get asked all the time, either are we a fiduciary or what is a fiduciary? Um and would we'll give a, a brief definition. A fiduciary is just somebody that has a, a financial or a fiscal responsibility to you. Um, and we are a fiduciary. One of the, if you, any, anytime we do our opening, we always say we're an independent registered investment advisory firm. Now, what does that mean in English? That means that be, being an independent firm, our only fiduciary responsibility is to you, the client. Um, and the reason I stress that is if you are working with a broker dealer, any of the big firms out there, uh, I could name a dozen of them. Um, but any any of the big firms, uh, Edward Jones, Merrill Lynch, Scott Stringfellow, any, any one of those, um, your person's fiduciary responsibility is to the company first and to you, the client, second. Now, you, uh, there's some people that are um, probably thinking, well, that doesn't seem right. Well, the the what the law and this is the way the law is written. The law is written that that person, he or she has to make the recommendation that is best for the company but suitable for you. So they can't make a recommendation that's not suitable for you. But if we've got to, if we've got mutual fund A and mutual fund B that are of the same quality, you know, they're both good for for anyone. But mutual fund B pays more to the company. They have to recommend mutual fund B because again, best for the company, suitable for you. Let's contrast that with us as an independent firm. Um as an independent firm, we don't answer to any one parent company. Uh, we work with a variety of different companies. The only entity that we answer to is uh, the federal government, is the SEC. And so as, as a result of that, our only fiduciary responsibility is to you, the client. Uh, we have to make the, – the law says that as an independent fiduciary, we have to make the recommendation that is best and most suitable for you. Um, and again, to us, that's just the only way to do it. I mean, it's, it's – um, our only responsibility should be to you, the client. Well, if you get right down to it, there in this scenario, there are two employers. If you're working for one of the big deals, uh, the Merle Lynch's, Scott Stringfellow, whatever, BBMT, mm-hmm. whatever, yeah, um, Edward Jones, you're working, the individual you're employing is working for that firm. Mm-hmm. He, he or she's representing that firm. Yep. If you work with an independent firm like we are, our employer is you, the client. Mm-hmm. And so we represent only one entity, and that's the client. That's you. Yep. Not, not, not the, the overlying firm. Yeah. And so, again, that, so that's what a fiduciary is, and we are a fiduciary only to you, the client. Another one. 
we we talk a lot about um, CFPs, and I actually I learned this the other day. I did not know this. Did you know that anyone there anyone can call themselves a financial planner? Did you know that? I did not. They yeah. can't be a certified. They can't planner. be certified, but there's no there is no. Um, education that that you have to have to call yourself a financial planner i did not know that i don't either yeah um so why should i work with a cfp uh versus a financial advisor or a financial planner just a financial planner um we often relate cfp to a cpa would it is it's the apex of the art form i guess it's the apex of the craft working with a to be to become a cfp you have to pass seven graduate level exams that have a pass rate less than 50 percent um i am six of seven of the i i have passed six of seven and to say they are difficult is an understatement they are incredibly difficult um but to me or to us, one, one of the first things he I think one of the, the first thing he told me when I when I joined the practice was, all right, as soon as you can, get, you're getting your CFP that he didn't he did not recommend it. He did not ask. It was a requirement. If I was going to stay with the firm when it went as soon as it became possible, I had to get my CFP. And I asked him, I said, OK, I said, I'm, I'm glad to do that. I said, but why is that? He says it shows people that you're serious about what you do. Um, and after going through these classes. I can see what he means. It it, it 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 takes this from a job to a career. Well, it's it's if you're going to do this, you need to be the best you can be. And CFP is a uh, extremely rigid, demanding um, license. To, it's not really a license, but designation. Yeah, designation to get. It has uh, ongoing requirements for con ed. Um, it has a very strict rule of ethics that they, it, they have their own code. Oh yeah, and um, if you actually, uh, if you were to file a complaint against the CFP with the CFP board, they tend to be more brutal and more ruthless than any state insurance license does. Yeah. So it's a it's a very rigid standard. Uh, I I don't know what percentage of people do it. I know in Pitt County where we're at. I was going to say how many other there's in Pitt like County? thirteen in Pitt County, and, and most of those work for, for banks, banks, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I would say probably less than twenty percent of the people in our industry are CFPs. And so I get the the reason why should I work with the CFP? It, again, it, it just it shows your dedication to the craft. It shows so it shows that you're really serious about this job. That this is not something that you just picked up. Um again, we we often relate it to somebody who is uh, just a bookkeeper versus a CPA. You know, somebody that's a CPA is serious about the job because CPA is no joke. I mean, the, the, the classes to take to become a CPA are no joke. So why, and why would you do that to yourself if you weren't serious about it? And that's, I mean, the same thing with CFP. Why would you put yourself through this rigid education if you weren't serious about it? Um, and again, more, more importantly than that, working with a financial planner is so important. I'm sure y'all have heard us talk about this to no end, but, um, having a planner, is just so important. It's so much more important than having having a stockbroker or somebody that just does investments because that that person, um, again, not their fault, but their job kind of stops with the investments. They they tend not to consider um, the whole picture. They just say, okay, we're going to invest this money here. Um, but having a finance, having working with a planner, especially a CFP, um, they really go that extra mile. We talked about this last week that working with a planner, they draw up a plan. You see the plan and it factors in everything from inflation to social security, to inheritance, to pen to whatever. Um, 
so it just to me it, it gives you a much more well-rounded experience with your financial with your financial future and with something as serious as your finance why would you not the most why would you not want the most well-rounded and complete picture um so i, I think i have prattled on about that um this is a fun question what's the market going to do this year that's a that's a very common question we get and from strangers if nothing else yeah and our answer is i don't know and people often say well why you know aren't you don't, isn't that your job and we tell them we say no, listen contrary to what these fi- these financial gurus may tell you nobody knows what the market's going to do um we can make predictions and Sometimes we're right, sometimes we're not. If you had asked me January of last year what I thought the market was going to do for 2021, and I said this, I said this out loud. I said I think I think it's going to be a bad year. Um, I was not, I'm still not confident with the um, the administration we have. I have no faith in their leadership at or lack thereof at all. Uh, they do not have what it takes to run this country, and I think we're experiencing that now. Um, and if that offends you turn the channel. That's that's just the long and short of it. We have no leadership in the White House right now. Um, when Biden took office, I thought we were going to have a disastrous year. We both did. And we said that out loud, that, th- that it's going to be a tough year. Obviously, it wasn't. I mean, it was one of the best years we've had on record. I think the S&P was up like 25%. And so sometimes we're wrong. Um, this year, we said, pretty sure it's going to be a disaster. And we're right about it. And so the, the, the long and short of it is nobody knows what the market's going to do. All we can do is predict um, and work off of what, what history tells us. You know, what we, can, we have to – we talked about this last week. Anytime we make a recommendation, a financial plan, there's, there's some assumptions and some insinuations there. Um, and that's all we can work off of. But one of the thing, and this kind of goes into, into the next question, what, what's my expected return? Kind of goes hand in hand. Anytime we, we write up a financial plan, we use a 6% return, no matter what. Uh, even last year when the market was up 25%, we still use 6%. Reason being, that gives us a huge cush. There, there has never been a 10-year run in the market since the market was created that the market didn't return a positive return. And so we always lowball what we think the market's going to do because it's much easier to look at somebody and say, hey, I told you you were going to get six and we got 10, I'm sorry, than it is the other way around. And so <laughs> while we don't know what the market is going to do this year, historically, we can make reasonably accurate predictions over the long haul. Um, and anytime we're making a prediction, we're looking at a ten, at, at least a 10-year run with the market. And so that allows us some flexibility and we're reasonably accurate. Yeah, you got to remember that. Um, it, it, this is going to sound strange, but what's the market going to do this year? I don't care. Yeah, I don't really care. Because it, it, this year is one part of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that historically the market over your lifetime is going to do 7 or 8%. Yep, uh, and that's—I mean—that's what it's done since the dawn of the stock market. Yeah, if it does better than that, awesome. Yeah, but if you get somebody telling you that, hey, I can do, you know, I can beat the market. That's garbage. That's there wrong. is nobody that can yeah. do that. Um, so what you do is, as George did, you you get a baseline. We use six. Some people use higher than that. We use six, and our philosophy is: if you can retire at six percent, and we're actually doing nine or ten, we're going to knock it out of the park. Yeah, one of, I mean, we we always assume worst case scenario, and when I and we're super conservative because I I tell people I know if it's going to work at worst case scenario, it'll work any other way um, because if again the market will return seven or eight percent, 
if I know it works at six percent, seven or eight percent is going to be fantastic. I mean, that's that you're that much that much better. Well, I mean, you, if you think about it, um, when someone is promising you a return. <laughs> That's not what you hired them to do. You hired them to get you to retirement, to get you to a some phase in life. Uh, if you're just paying somebody for a return, then save a bunch of money. Just Don't do pay yourself, anybody yeah. and go online. Yeah. Do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Because, again, you're dealing with, it with a financial professional, uh, strength on the word professional. <laughs> then they've got a specific job, and the return is one small aspect of it. And and oftentimes, the, the return is important. I'm not discounting that, but – that's one of the smallest pieces of the puzzle, to be honest with you, uh, because if, at the end of the day, as long as we get you to your retirement goal, what do you care what the return is? Um, and, and that sounds kind of oxymoronic, but if we can get you a 6% return and get you to retirement, uh, what do you care if you're getting 10 or 12? We, we actually we had somebody uh, last year that he is uh, 57, I think he's, he's in his late 50s and Kind of, I mean, he's like he's like five years away from retiring, and he's there. I mean, he is at the finish line. He is he's planned well, he's saved well, and everything is chugging along just like you said it would. However long ago you started working with him, and he was he called one day and said, "Man, our, my return is low. I think I could do better with with this firm over here." And he, and your and your question to him was, "Why would you want to? <laughs> that you are at the finish line. You have run the race. You're there. Why would you want to risk it to get more money?" Um, and so don't, don't get so caught up in the return that you, that you forget the big picture. Um, so expect a return, what the market's going to do. We don't know. Most of the time we don't really care for this year because we're looking long game. And remember a financial plan should play, should be playing the long game. Very long. Yes. Like, like, like we're looking minimum 10 years. This is a really fun question and one that I always I always like answering because and, and I, actually, I actually got this question the other day. Um, how do I know you won't take my money and run with it? Um, we've we have met with some people who have had bad experiences with people in our industry um, that may have been cheated or wronged. And so the question is, how do I know you won't take my money and run with it? Well, there's two. Jesus. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's there's three parts to that. So in addition to being an independent registered investment advisory firm. The, when you set up the company, you set it up to be what's called a non-holding, non-discretionary company. Now, Correct. what does that mean in English? Non-holding. The Journeys Group is a pa- is a pass-through entity. And again, in English, that just means when you give us, you will never write a check to the Journeys Group. We never hold any client money within the Journeys Group. Now, what what that does two things. Number one, if I file bankruptcy, if he files bankruptcy, if the company files bankruptcy, your money isn't touched because we never hold any of it. We have no access to your money. The check is always written to a third party, to a company, whether it be um, TD Ameritrade, whoever. So we are just a pass through. Number two. So, so we don't have access to your money except to get it to you. Number two, non-discretionary, meaning we can't do anything with your money without your express permission. We can't go in and sell all your holdings and put it into um, ExxonMobil if we wanted to. We, ha- we are required by law to call you and, and get your approval to do that. Um, along with that, one of, the thing, one of the things we always tell people is that if you've got money, if, if you've invested money with us and you want to get money, the only two places we can send your money are either to your bank account or to your home address. Um, so even if we wanted to, if I went into whoever and I said, hey, uh, take $10,000 out of, out of John Doe's account and send it to me, they wouldn't do it. 
um, because we don't have the authority to do that. We actually had a guy a few years ago that was uh, at a car dealership buying a truck and called him and said, "Hey, transfer twenty that wire twenty thousand to the bank to the uh, the dealership." And he was like, "No, but we can't do that." So, and then last but not least, we're a Christian faith based firm, loud and proud. That's I mean, if you've been listening to us, you know that uh, we we are not ashamed of that. Um, that's who we are. And he and I joke, and not really a joke. I have enough mistakes to answer for in my personal life that I didn't mean to make. I've got enough sins that I commit on a daily basis personally that I don't mean to. So I work, re- we both work really, really, really hard to do the right thing by people professionally because I've got enough mistakes to answer for it. So I try not to purposely make more mistakes. Um, and so besides the fact that we're just decent human beings that um, want to do a good job for you to do a good job, we really, really try hard to to honor those Christian principles, those Christian foundations, and to do a good job by you and not cheat you. Um, to be quite honest with you, if I ever did something like that, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. I, I don't know how people do it and go to sleep at night. It would just eat my lunch up. So um, kind of a long-winded answer, but that that's the long and short of it. We don't hold any of your money. We can't do anything with your money without your permission. And again, we work really, really hard to abide by those Christian principles, personally and professionally. Personally, it's tough. Professionally, I, I think we do a pretty good job with it. If anything if anything, anything we've talked about today interests you, if you've got uh, questions, if you've got a, a frequently asked question that you want an answer to or just want more. Well, if you want to challenge something yeah, we said. Or, yeah, or challenge anything we've said or want more information about us or how we operate, give us a call. 252-746-6785. Again, 252-746-6785. Or again, you can go on our website, www.thejourneysgroup.com, uh, and get our information from there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to chat with you, uh, answer any challenges that you may have. Um, the, these, the, this show was pretty fun to put together to kind of think of some some of these FAQs and uh, kind of boil them down to, to basics. Um, so that's that's who we are, and that, that's, that's the answer to those questions. Hear the music in my ears, so I guess we better let y'all go. We appreciate you hanging out with us today. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we look forward to visiting with you next week. This is George Pate. And this is Tommy Pate. Taking, Taking care, care of business. The proceeding has been a paid program. The advice and opinions expressed by the Journeys Group and their guests are their own and may not reflect the opinions and advice of WTIB or Interbanks Media. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although should not be relied as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Fixed annuities are insurance products. Fixed annuities, rates, returns, and guarantees are subject to the claim paying ability to the underlying insurance company. Please see a statement of understanding and perspectives for a full detail on products discussed. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation and as such is not intended to be a direct recommendation. Before acting on any information mentioned, you should seek the advice from a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine whether it is suitable for your specific situation. Investment advising services are offered through the Journeys Group, an SEC-registered investment advisor.